Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. And welcome everyone, uh, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, we are honored by your presence. Uh, I don't say that lightly. We take these um, uh, podcasts and programs seriously. We prepare for them. We study for them. We research for them. We try to give you value added, um, like Smuckers, at least used to be. I don't know if they still are, but it used to be Smuckers. If the jar said five ounces of strawberry jelly, they guaranteed there was more than five ounces in there, all right? And I always love that. Uh, so we try to give you value added. The reason, as, the reason we say whole life healing is because I believe that is where it's at, man. And uh, <laughs> sounding like maybe I'm in the 60s or something. That's where it's at, man. And if you're not there with whole life healing, I think there's a really good chance you're missing it. Let me explain that just a little bit. Uh, for 17 years, I've been doing what I do. After the discovery of the healing codes, we've been helping people heal the spiritual issues of their heart for 17 years. People in 50 states, 167 countries, and counting. And in that 17 years, I have no idea. We have thousands of pages of testimonials. People sharing their CT scans with us, their blood work, their MRI, uh, etc. And and among those are just about every kind of cancer you could name, uh, about every kind of illness or disease you can name, every kind of non-physical problem, anxiety, depression, uh, you name it. We've had people say. Uh, by healing the spiritual issues of my heart, I had this thing heal anywhere from poison ivy or allergies to some terrible disease, okay? And every time we get one of those, we celebrate. And I go running through the house to tell Hope and, and show her the CT scans of the person that sent them in or whatever. But in those 17 years, we've also had people that didn't heal from those things, okay? Now, I would say that's more the exception than the rule, but it does happen, and it always bugged me, all right? And among the top energy modalities in the world, from what my publishers tell me, Random House and Hachette, um, EFT is number one, and uh, the healing codes are number two in the world. All right, and uh, and then there's there's a number of others. Uh, one with, by my good friend Dr. Bradley Nelson, the uh, Emotion Code, I believe, is number three or close to that. But anyway, I know all those guys. All right, and we talk sometimes. And Gary Craig at EFT had also heard all kinds of healing stories from people that did EFT. 
but he would also hear from people who didn't have it happen for them. And the same with Dr. Bradley and a whole bunch of others who were involved or the head of other modalities, all right? And for 17 years, we've had people come to us and say, you know what, I get results with the healing codes that I don't get with EFT. But Gary Craig has also heard, hey, I get results from EFT that I didn't get from the healing codes, all right? And, and on and on with all the different modalities. Well, you know, I may not be the smartest guy in the world, but eventually I came around. Why is that? You know, why is that? And, and I believe with all my heart, it's because these different modalities are doing different things. Okay? Like, uh, do you have a refrigerator and a stove and a hot water heater and a toaster oven? And, well, chances are your answers are yes, 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 yes. You have all those. Well, all of those use electricity in order to do something helpful. So why not just have one? Because they do different things, okay? And you want to have the benefit of all of those things. Well, energy medicine is the fastest growing modality in health in all the world, which was predicted by Dr. Oz in 2007 and by a lot of other people too, by the way. My friend William Tiller from Stanford and many others, Nobel Prize winners throughout the centuries. And that's great, but there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different energy modalities. And some focus more on your emotions, for instance. Some focus more on your mental thoughts. Some focus more on the physical. Some focus more on, well, the healing codes has always been about the spiritual. The spiritual issues of the heart that I believe Solomon talked about more than 4,000 years ago, I think, and Southwestern Medical School talked about just a few years ago as being the source of all illness and disease, okay? Well, whole life healing is coming at your life and your issues, all of your issues, from all angles, body, mind, and spirit, not just body, and hoping the mind and spirit somehow are going to fix themselves or not just mind and hoping the spirit and body are going to somehow fix themselves. Yeah, that does happen sometimes, all right? But it seems to happen consistently when you address body, mind, spirit in the language that they speak. They all speak a different language and all at the same time. So that's what whole life healing is all about, all right? And why I believe that's where it's at, man. And so if you're just addressing one thing, I would suggest, okay, that's great, but start addressing the rest of it too. Okay, today's spiritual law, belief or conscience, which is leading your life? This is a very important spiritual law, all right? I would say this is in easily in the top 10% of all spiritual laws, okay? Big one, important one, life-changing one, big deal to me in my own personal life. So let me describe this and 
give you something to apply, something to think about, something to challenge you a little bit this week. Maybe even inspire you a little bit. Your conscience is never wrong. Okay? That is practical homework assignment number one. Pray and meditate on that. See if you come to that same conclusion. I came to it many years ago. Your conscience is never wrong. It is always right. In ancient manuscripts, it calls the conscience the law that is written on the heart. And it says that that's what we'll be judged by at the end of this life, is whether we lived by the law written on our heart or whether we violated it and lived a different way. The conscience is that law written on your heart. It is never wrong. It is always right. I call it your love compass. The problem is that your conscience speaks in a whisper. And if you're not listening, you won't hear it. Or if you listen but continually don't do what it says, it will quit telling you the right choice. Now you can always get that back when you change course, say, you know what, I want to start living by my conscience again. I'm going to meditate, pray, I'm going to ask my conscience, I'm going to wait until I feel like I get some kind of direction, okay? And you can get that back. But if you continually don't listen or you disregard the direction of your conscience because it's not what you want to do, you start to not hear it or it starts to not talk to you anymore because you have not been listening and there's no point because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. All right? That's your conscience. Your beliefs... I would say, uh, here's a statement that I use with my clients starting 30 years ago. You always do what you believe, no exceptions. And I had a lot of clients get mad at me for that, okay? Because they were in there for an addiction or something. And they would say, wait a minute, I'm addicted to alcohol and it's ruining my life and that's why I'm here talking to you is to try to fix that and I I keep doing what I don't want to do. You're saying I believe that I should be drinking every week when I'm fighting like crazy to stop drinking? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you did not believe that it was best for you to have a drink today, you would never have had a drink today. Now, you may also have a competing belief about the same thing. You may also believe that you shouldn't have a drink today and that it is ruining your life and all those other things. But ultimately, you come to a belief decision that is, okay, 
I've got this one belief that's based in my flesh, that's based in my dopamine addiction in my brain when I drink this or take this drug that has me wanting it so bad right now. I have another belief that I shouldn't be doing this. I have another belief that it's destroying my life. But you know what? I'm going to have a drink now and I won't have one starting tomorrow. Okay? Well, you had multiple conflicting beliefs about the same thing and you made a choice. Alright? But that choice was largely influenced by the addiction. It was largely influenced by the choices you had already been making for a period of time to get you to that place of addiction. Okay? But you never do anything that you don't have a belief for that you should do that or that it's okay for you to do that. It's impossible. You can't. And you won't. So if you are doing something that is detrimental to your life, man, one of the first things you got to do is find out what is that belief? And, and, and in the example I just used, it's probably that last thing I said. The belief, yeah, I really shouldn't be doing this, but I want it real bad. I'm kind of shaky right now. I'm going to go ahead and have a drink now, and then I'll stop tomorrow. Of course, tomorrow never gets here for most addicts. Well, guess what? Tomorrow never gets here for any of us. The only time you ever have is now. You have never done anything yesterday... You've never do, you never do anything tomorrow. Everything you have ever done was today and now at the time. So when you say, I'm not going to do what I feel like my conscience and my belief says to do now, you've just entered the land of addiction, violating your conscience, maybe your conscience to stop talking to you, and you're headed for lots, lots more pain in your life than you would normally have to go through. All right. Now, let's take a look at beliefs. There's three kind of beliefs. Placebo, nocebo, and de facto. All right? Three kinds of beliefs. Placebo means you're believing a lie, but it's a positive lie. In other words, if I take this sugar pill, it's actually this new miracle migraine drug that's going to make my migraine go away. All right? Well, it's a lie. It's a sugar pill. Okay? But guess what? About a third of the people that take that sugar pill will have relief from their migraines. And guess what? when they look inside the brain and nervous system to see what's happening, what actually happened was the brain produced a high-grade, organic, morphine-like natural substance that caused the headache to go away for about one in three people. There's a couple of points about that. Number one, it will almost never be maintained long-term. 
Meaning because they're believing a lie, that lie will break down at some point. A week, a month, a year, and they'll start having the migraines again. Number two, there's an element of de facto belief in there as well because if the brain and nervous system was not capable of producing that natural organic morphine type substance, it would have been impossible for it to do that. So it was possible for the brain and nervous system, not the sugar pill, to create that miracle migraine uh, medicine, although in this case it's organic in the body. Okay, so there's placebo, which is believing a, a lie, a positive lie, that says this great thing is going to happen to me when in reality it's just made up. It's wishful thinking. Nocebo means that something is possible, but because you believe it's not, you literally stop it from happening. Uh, Dr. Ben Johnson, co-author of the, my first book, The Healing Code, a medical doctor, had a uh, patient, and I don't remember if it was 40 or 50. I need to confirm that with him, but it was one or the other. He had a patient whose father died at either 40 or 50, and his grandfather died at either 40 or 50, whatever it was, and he was absolutely convinced that he was going to die at that same age. All right? And nothing Dr. Ben said or anybody else said could convince him otherwise. And he was in a lot of anxiety about that. Of course, the closer the time came, the more the anxiety. Well, guess what? He turned 50 and died. They did an autopsy. There was absolutely no reason for him to die. No medical reason whatsoever. His mind had killed him because he, he believed that his body was not capable of sustaining vibrant life for him beyond a certain age, and he stopped literally the body from doing what it was capable of doing, which is to keep him healthy for many years after that. All right? Um, I'm also told that if a person absolutely, if they're like sick with... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a cold or flu or something like that, and they're given an antibiotic for it, an antibiotic that in maybe 9 out of 10 people would knock it out, that if the person absolutely believes that the antibiotic will not work for them, guess what? It will not work for them. They will their mind will stop it from working. It will prevent the positive thing from happening. So placebo is believing a lie, a positive lie, and you get temporary results. Nocebo is believing a negative lie and you're preventing the positive results. De facto means the truth, the actual reality. We know it more in legal terms. Okay, But it applies to this as well. De facto means the reality or the truth of a situation, no matter what anybody says, no matter whether anyone likes it or not. This is the reality, the truth of this situation.
Okay, de facto beliefs are always in harmony with your conscience, a hundred percent of the time. Okay, so which are you doing? That's the second assignment for this week. About the things of your life that maybe you're struggling with, do you have a nocebo belief? Do you have a placebo belief? And what is the de facto belief about that that you need to start paying attention to and following? Okay. If your beliefs and your conscience are in conflict, you have a belief problem 100% of the time. Either placebo or nocebo. If your beliefs and conscience are in conflict and you obey your beliefs, you now have a conscience problem. And so your conscience is either going to quit talking to you or it's going to be so low that you're not listening anymore, but you're now headed down a trail that's taking, a wet, taking you away from the health, life, happiness that you want. Your beliefs and conscience, your beliefs and conscience should be the same about any issue. Now, they have a little bit different function. The conscience is more moral. Your belief can be moral, but also include much more practical, okay? So I'm not saying your conscience is going to tell you everything you need to know about a situation, but they're not going to be in conflict if it's right. If it's right, your beliefs and conscience will be in harmony. They'll be the same. Your conscience is what and why. Your beliefs are how. So, I guess the last homework assignment is about what areas of your life are your conscience and your beliefs in conflict and about what areas are they in harmony. And it's going to be like reading a map. The place that they're in harmony, those things likely are going to be going well in your life and they're going to keep getting better and better. The place where they're in conflict, those things, that's where you're going to be struggling. And if you don't change this, you're going to struggle more and more and it's going to get worse and worse. All right? So we'll end where we started. Beliefs or conscience, which is leading you? It is an absolute deal breaker or deal maker for your whole life.